Dear most kind and gracious and loving Heavenly Father, Lord, we ask and invite your Holy Spirit to be with us, open our minds that we may be receptive to the things you want to teach us today. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Good evening, everyone. Um, just a little bit about myself. I am Curtis Haraway from Monticello, Georgia. I am presently not farming, but we have had gardens. But I have, my family and I have bought a farm in Virginia. Um, and this summer we will be moving to Virginia. Um, this is my lovely wife of 28 years. And uh, the, my, our boys just finished an apprenticeship at the Dysinger farm. And so we're going to start farming this um, summer. And so um, my son is on the board and that's how I as a chiropractor got um, hooked into um, the agricultural conference. And so um, I've have had over 22 years of experience working with farmers. So I've have as a chiropractor, um, several of my patients are farmers, mostly dairy, dairy farmers, but they grow their own um, food and things. And so they um, really do everything involved in farming. And so I have had a lot of experience working with farmers. But let's go ahead and get started. Um, farming for life using body mechanics in farming and gardening. First thing, Genesis 2.15 says, And the Lord God took man and put him into the Garden of Eden to dress it and to keep it. So, man's first occupation was what? Agriculture. Agriculture, yes. Man's first occupation was agriculture. And when man sinned, and it was interesting that John last night even uh, was talking about the same thing. When we sin, that occupation didn't change. Became a little more challenging, but the occupation remained the same. And so farm work, according to the National Institution, Institute for Occupational Safety and Health, they said farm work is hard work and farm workers feel the results. Farm workers get backaches and pains in the shoulders, arms, and hands more than any other health problem. A third of the injuries that cause them to miss work are sprains and strains, and a quarter are back injuries. And so this is very prevalent when we're looking at um, agriculture. Um, so how many of you that are farming or gardening have ever hurt yourself? Okay, my next question is, there's a few of you, what kind of injuries are, did you experience? Back. Back pain? Tennis elbow? Yes, um, and there's others there. Of course, I mentioned spraying strains, but um, carpal tunnel is another big one, arthritis, uh, fractures, uh, you know, low back pain as well as upper back pain. Those are some of the um, injuries 
that are experienced when it comes to farming and gardening. Those are called musculoskeletal disorders, MSDs. Um, they are the leading cause of disability for people in their working years. Conditions in which parts of the musculoskeletal system, which includes the muscles, the tendons, the ligaments, the joints, or bones, are injured. They occur when part of the body is asked to work harder than it used to. They stretch further or otherwise function at a greater level than it is prepared for, something we're going to get into. It can be acute, such as a herniated disc. You've heard of that. Some money's are a slip disc. Or, um, arthritis basically is degeneration of joints in the body. That's all um, um, musculoskeletal arthritis is. Or chronic low back pain. And the last thing there says, one and a half times more prevalent, this is MSDs, are more prevalent of back pain in production agriculture compared with all under other um, industries. That's pretty high. That's pretty significant. These injuries hurt. They hurt very badly in a few ways. They can affect not only the worker's body, but they also affect the worker's earnings as well as the grower's profits. So that's three ways And when someone's out of work, you can't make money. They're not out there working. Profits are not coming in. It's loss of, uh, of, of the ability to earn, which ultimately hurts whoever the owner is, whether it's yourself or your um, hired, um, your, your boss, per se. Many people in the farm industry may believe that these kinds of tasks and the resulting sprains and strains are just an unavoidable part of farm work. And that's also taken from the National Institute for Occupational Safety and Health. But it doesn't have to be that way. Southern states, um, in an article, this is a uh, company that sells uh, tools to farmers. They made this statement. Did you know farmers and agricultural workers are at a higher risk of musculoskeletal injuries than most workers in the United States? Daily chores like lifting, carrying heavy objects, shoveling, stooping to pick crops, driving farm equipment, and more can cause a lot of unnecessary wear and tear on the human body. Not only do these chores affect the workers' bodies, they can also negatively impact workers' earnings and eventually decrease the farmer's profit margin. That's what we just said earlier. Unfortunately, many in the agricultural field see backaches, sprains, strains, and pain in the shoulder, arms, and hands as a byproduct of their jobs. Farm work is hard work. You don't need to make it harder on yourself. That's why farmers are now beginning to incorporate ergonomics into their daily routine. And here's another statement from southern states. Let your workers know that pain should not be a regular part of their jobs. Many farm workers continue to work very hard and fast while experiencing pain. Remind them 
and you know, that's the one thing. We, we get going, we're thinking about the prophets and everything, and we don't pay attention to how we do things. It results in injury. Remind them that there is no shame in slowing down if you are hurting. In fact, it could benefit the worker and farmer as the sooner the workers slow down, the less likely they will miss a lot of work or file for workman's compensation. Another part of how it affects whoever the owner is of the farm. Now, body mechanics, the definitions. Um, Green Heron Tool says it is the utilization of correct muscles to complete a task safely and efficiently without undue strain of any muscle or joint. And then Farming with Arthritis Project says it this way, is it is the way one's body is held and moves daily doing different activities. So in other words, how you use your body, okay? That is the bottom line. Ergonomics, this is the other word that I've used already. It is an applied science that coordinates the design of devices, systems, and physical working conditions with the capacities and requirements of the worker. That's taken from Webster's Dictionary. Ergonomics is the study of the physical capabilities and limitations of a worker in relation to that person's work tasks, tools, and environment. Ergonomics seeks to reduce stress on the body and increase safety, comfort, and productivity. So ergonomics, in other words, is fitting the workplace so that your body can able to do its job with little effect upon the body. Does that make sense? All right. Here are some high-risk behaviors that occur in agriculture. One, lifting and carrying heavy loads greater than 50 pounds. Two, sustained or repeated full body bending or stooping. Three, high repetitive handwork. Four, twisting and a combination of one or more of these increased risk. Five, whole body vibration. And six, excessive physical strains. These are high risk behaviors that are taken on um, each and every day pretty much, or like it says in number four, a combination of these can have a negative effect on the body if they're not overcome. So, 1 Corinthians 6, 19 and 20 says this, what Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost which is in you, which ye have of God, and ye are not your own? For ye are bought with a price, therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. So in other words, when man sinned and the work became hard, he never... God never said in there that we would destroy our bodies in the process. As a matter of fact, when you look at Moses, for example, Moses at 40 years old started working in agriculture and he worked there till he was how old? 80 years old. And then he went to another job. Was he feeble? No. Not at all. Moses, when Moses died, he basically walked up a high mountain and laid down and went to sleep. And I believe, if I'm not mistaken, 120 by that time. Yes, 120 years old. And so, although the work is hard, 
it doesn't have to cripple us. It shouldn't cripple us if we do it right. We are stewards and therefore we're given the, the Bible, the Lord has even given us the tools that we can use to preserve our bodies. The key is prevention. Erasmus, which was a priest and philosopher said, prevention is better than cure. And um, Benjamin Franklin, he said, an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure. Amen. So, first thing I need to start with are the basics. This is God's plan. If you're not doing the basics, the others won't really matter in the first place. Um, and you've probably, many of you are probably familiar with the eight laws of health, and I'm not going to go into detail, but I do want to cover these. Trust in God, first and foremost. As I practice, one of the things I tell my patients, because I give a health talk um, when I have new patients, and we get so many, and, and probably once or twice a week I give a health talk. One of the things I tell my patients, if I can take all the intelligence in this world and stretch it from the um, Pacific Ocean to the Atlantic Ocean, what we know in this room, including myself, would be equivalent to one grain of sand on the beach of the Pacific Ocean. What does that tell us? We don't know a lot, do we? <laughs> we don't know a whole lot. And then when we bring God, in, you know, when you think of sand, think of a beach with all the, and like I'm from California, you think the, the beach runs all up and down the coast, and you just think of all that sand. Then you think about the sand is not only on the land, but it's under the water as well. And so what I know is pretty much nothing. But think about this. When we get to heaven, we're going to be learning for eternity. So that, what does that tell me about God's knowledge? God's knowledge surpasses all that sand. It doesn't even come close. All right. So I tell my patients, I don't trust myself in taking care of you. I trust him and I pray to him as I take care of you. So therefore, God has given us a plan to take care of our bodies. Why should we ignore it? It's not very smart when he is much, much smarter than us. And so therefore, trust in God. Nutrition is a big one, but we're farmers. Uh, most of us are farming, are interested in farming. That's automatically built in. We're getting good nutrition. Um, basically, uh, God gave us a plant-based diet. Um, that's the best diet. Even if you eat meat, he gave us some instructions on that. So the best thing is to follow his instructions. Water, key thing. I tell my patients over and over again, water is very important for the joints. It's like oil to the joints. It's your lubrication. If you don't have that, your joints are going to get stiff because the cushions the, um, in the joints need the water, and they're going to dry up, and you're going to have issues. Sunshine for the vitamin D, good bones. Those bones and muscles attached to plus other um, areas in the body. Fresh air, getting those fresh, that fresh air into the body. We need that oxygen. Again, um, you can't do without it. You can't even live a few minutes without it. Um, water, you can live a little longer, but you'll, you'll eventually die if you ignore that as well. And, of course, food, the same thing. Rest. 
very important that we get seven to nine hours of sleep of night. That's when the healing takes place. That's when um, the serotonin is changed. No, I'm sorry. The melatonin is changed into serotonin. So you have the energy to do the things that you do during the day, which is farming. It all plays into it. Uh, temperance, making sure you do things in um, moderation. Thank you. In moderation. Even a good thing. Okay. You know, we think of avoid the alcohol, avoid the, the um, tobacco, those things. But even good things need to be done in moderation. We can overdo it, even with some of the things I'm talking about. And with God's plan, everything should be in balance. And the last one there is exercise. And that's kind of where I'm going today, going to be talking about today. Because in gardening, basically exercise is built into your plan. But it's mostly strengthening. So you also need to take into consideration doing um, cardiovascular exercise as well. Again, so you have that balance. Um, and one of the best ways that I've learned to do that, because a lot of times you don't have time. So one of the things that I've started doing in my exercise program, because I get pretty busy, is interval training. And my interval training uh, consists of a 15-minute exercise program. Uh, and I vary it. Um, one day I'll go out and I'm walking and running as fast as I can. I start out walking first as fast as I can and I build it up to a run as fast as I can for 20 seconds. Then I just easy walk for 40 seconds. Take off as fast as I can and I do that. And it has worked great. And there's different variations you can do with that. Another variation may be I go out and I... Um, I do strengthening exercises that day. I'll do push-ups. I'll do sit crunches because I don't I don't do uh, push uh, sit-ups. And one of the reasons for that, especially if you already have back pain, when you do a full sit-up, you actually end up strengthening your back muscles more than your abdominal muscles. And so crunches actually work those abdominal muscles and not your back muscles. But um, I got something up there. Oops. Sorry about that. Um, so I'll, I'll do, what I'll do is, and squats, very important. Squats tend to have a bad name, and I'll show you in a minute, but squats are actually very helpful, especially when it comes to um, agricultural work. But anyway, I'll, I'll do those, I have those four, uh, four, one, two, uh, four, three exercises, and I'll just do them just like I do the walking. I'll hit the push-ups, do as many as I can in that 20 seconds, and then walk. Hit the squats, do as many as I can in 20 seconds, then I walk. And then same thing with the um, crunches. Um, and then I just do that, go around and around five times, and I have a good workout, and then I go and walk. I do a lot of walking even outside of that. Um, because I've, in my research and study, an hour of walking really can eliminate a lot of health problems. Um, getting out there is great overall exercise. We also have learned recently the rebounder, if you heard of that, the little trampoline, because a lot of, if you can't walk, if you get on the rebound, it has great benefits, because number one is working your stabilizer muscles that are in your spine, as well as getting your blood and circulation going pretty good. Let's talk about posture for a minute. 
no matter what you're doing, you want to develop good posture. And that should spill over in everything that you do. Um, and here you, you'll see uh, what it takes for good posture. It says tuck in your buttocks, pull your abdominal muscles in and up, and keep your back flat, keep your head up with your chin in, and keep your weight towards and support it on the outside of your foot because it helps for maneuver there versus if, I, if I, my foot is, if my weight is on the inside of my feet, I'm not very stable there. But if it was on the outside of the feet, it's, it's very stable. And an exercise I give for my patients when it comes to their posture, and I have to step away from there, but I tell them to get on the wall, stand all the way back with your hands, this is an anatomical position, and hold that position for a minute every day. Just do that. That's going to help with your posture. Another good exercise, because when it comes to posture, a lot of people start with building up this, um, what do you call posture, a uh, hump on their back. And everybody always asks, can I get rid of that hump? You actually can. You, it takes time, but you can. What it is, the backs in your muscle between your shoulder blades, called your rhomboid muscles, have become weak. And so what I tell them is definitely feet wide apart, tuck your elbows in, um, bend your elbows like so, and just bring them back and feel that stretch. Tuck your chin in, bring them back and feel that stretch. Um, and do that. You want to work your way up. You know, I do about 50 of those a day and everything. Helps build your rhomboids up. You can also do things like wall push-ups okay, versus getting on the floor. If you can't get on the floor and do the push-ups, you can do wall push-ups, and those works just as well. Um, also, oh, and we'll get to that later. Um, like I said, maintain a wide base support because you want to be stable where you can move. Whatever you're doing, you, be, you don't want somebody to easily come and knock yourself off when you're doing things. But if you keep a wide scissor stance, Place one foot in slightly in front of the other so you're ready to go in any direction that requires you to move. And, most ex and on the last, um, the last slide there, it said keep your joints in a neutral position without bending them, less stress on them. The only joint you do want to keep in a slight bend are your knees, okay? Um, if not, you'll, you'll fatigue very fast if you're doing anything standing. As a matter of fact, and I, I will always remember this from back when I was in an academy, at a graduation, one of the juniors' knees locked up, bam, all of a sudden they went flat on their face because that's putting a strain on the body and they were just so tense and it got hot and it just laid them out cold. All right, so you... You want to relax, and, and bending your knees helps you to relax, and then you can stand there for a long time, moving back and forth. You do want to move back and forth, and we'll get to that in a second. All right, maintaining the line of gravity. This is why posture is important, as well as how you do things. The line of gravity, as it says, is an imaginary line from extending from the center, a vertical line extending from your center of gravity down to the earth. Okay, and that's kind of where you want to keep your posture. As a matter of fact, I didn't say this when we were talking about posture. Basically, your ear 
should line up with your shoulder, should line up with the top of your hip and the ankle there. That's where a straight posture comes in. Uh, keep your back straight and turn or pivot with your feet rather than twisting at the waist. This is especially important while lifting and keep your elbows tucked in close to your body. Once, if I'm doing anything in this position, that's going to be hard on my back if I stay in there in that position. My center of gravity has moved from here to front. You know, if I'm twisting, I'm, I'm also changing my, um, gra my line of gravity. And I'm also putting a not only a strain on my hips, but I'm also putting a strain. Oh, sorry. Putting a strain um, on my, my back muscles because I'm twisting versus pivoting. That's what we should do. We should pivot and not twist and put an unnecessary strain on the muscles of the back. Guidelines for handwork. Avoid placing needed tools or other items above shoulder height. Where you're always reaching up. You, they should, um, and I'll show you a table with that. They should be out in front of you. Position items that are used often within 17 inches of the worker. When movements are repeated over and over, as in picking or weeding, allow enough time in between for adequate recovery by having the worker alternate with a low repetitive task. For example, a worker who performs a high repet repetitive weeding task should be given other tasks that don't require repetitive head motions, like carrying the finishing boxes to the loading area. Provide seated jobs, sitting down while working reduces the strain on the lower back and legs. Standing causes legs to swell more than walking does. The best jobs are ones that allow workers to do different types of work, changing from sitting to standing to walking and back again. Um, and I said I would explain this. When I'm standing in one place all the time, basically, the blood in my body is just pooling down to my feet and legs. That's where you get the swelling from. The, uh, in addition to the muscles helping with movement of the body, the muscles also help to pump the blood back up to the heart. So therefore, that's why you want to move, okay? And if you're in a position for a long period of time, your joints get fatigued, and so you want to change every so often. Even if the change, the change may not be, like it said there, going from weeding to carrying a box, but even if it's just changing the position you're in a little bit, that will help, okay? So move, and like I said, when I, one of the things you want to do when you're standing, and my notes go into this, I'm getting ahead of myself, but like rock back and forth and everything, just getting, keeping some motion in your body and not just staying perfectly still. Allow foot and knee clearances for both standing and sitting workers so they can get close to the work. So you don't want to have anything out in front of you that is blocking you from getting to the work that again, it takes you off your line of uh, gravity, your center line of gravity. Does that make sense? Here it is, um, a table here, positions items that are used often close to the worker. And you can see the light gray area 
is where you want to put the items that are about 13 to 17 um, um, inches from you versus 21 to 25 inches or further out of those things that you have to reach for. But you want to work in this area here. Again, we don't want to do the reaching and everything because if you stay in that position for a long period of time, your body is going to fatigue. And the reason for that, a fatigued body will equal, will set you up for um, injury if something happens, okay? Like a sudden move or something like that. And, and you're like, wow, why did I do that little movement and my back just went out? It's fatigue. Guidelines for handwork provide floor mats for standing workstations to reduce feet, foot fatigue. Again, there it's cushion. Um, one of the things that I find, um, like I said, not only am I working with farmers, but I'm also working with a lot of factory workers out where I am. And they're working on hard floors. And they're like, I was at work all day what, what, and just walking on the floor. I don't understand what happened. Well, that hard floor doesn't give and your body is absorbing um, that stress. And so floor mats are cushion that help reduce that. And for standing work, use the proper workstation height. And here's a tape, uh, 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 diagram showing you uh, kind of what a per the perfect uh, height guidelines are. If you're working with something that's not tall on the table, then um, here's you. They give you some guidelines there, but you really have to look at what your body type is and what you're doing. And so you just want to make it so that your Limbs are not up here working too high or you're reaching too low. It's at a nice, comfortable position where you can work. And if you're working with something higher, you lower the table. So ideally, what is ideal when you're working at a table is to have an adjustable table. That, that is ideal. That would be ergonomically um, beneficial. One of the things I want, um, well, we'll get to that. Techniques for reaching. Stand directly in front of and close to the object you're reaching for. And when that object is too high, use a stool or ladder for high objects. Um, reach straight for the object and avoid that twisting. Um, rule of thumb, if you keep your nose between your toes, you're going to be better off. Minimize the distance you must stretch. Okay, again, that stretching takes you off your center of gravity. If that stool stumbles, you have, you're not, so you don't have the quickness necessarily to recover before it goes over. But if your center of gravity and you're reaching, if something happens, you can recover quicker. What to do instead of bending at the waist? Because that's the habit a lot of us do. We, we, when we see something, we just automatically reach down and pick it up. Uh, that is the improper way. The proper way is to squat, bend at the hips and the knees. Use your leg muscles to return to the standing position. Squat like a toddler. If you're ever in doubt what you need to do, look at a little toddler, okay? They will demonstrate the perfect posture for you. Um, and if you and I know in other countries, they'll they'll work in the garden for hours in this position. Not that I'm promoting being there for hours because you do need to change your position. 
but that is the perfect position. You can stay in that position for a long time. The problem is we've got out of the habit of squatting and so we can't do it anymore because our, our muscles um, are weak and it's your quads and your hamstrings are your biggest muscles in your body and your femur is your biggest bone in the body. So utilize them. So you got to go back and relearn that. And that's where squatting, well, I told you where squatting comes in. I know um, before I started my in, um, interval training, I, every time I squat, my knees would crack. <laughs> Um, some of you probably have experienced that, but since I've been squatting and paying attention to my um, line of gravity, I haven't had that problem in a while. And it actually, I was thinking about it, it's like, wow, my, my knees haven't been cracking when I squat anymore. And so now I can actually, it's comfortable for me to go and squat for a period of time, whereas before it wasn't. So you can get that back but it's just a, low pro a slow process to build it back up again. So, as a matter of fact, um, Matthew 18 tells us um, that a little child, not a little child shall leave them, um, except you become as a little child. Um, and that refers to, of course, uh, love, unconditional love, and of course, character building. But also, I think we can learn some physical um, lessons from a child, watching a child as well. And this is one of them. Guidelines for lifting. Keep lifts between hand level and shoulder level. Avoid lifts from the floor or over shoulder level. In other words, when you go to lift something, it should be, you should be able to keep it between your hands and you know you don't have to reach up too high or too low again um, and keeping it level provide handles on containers uh, i'll show you a picture of that in a minute redesign loads so they can be lifted close to the body again we're talking about that center of gravity anything off that center of gravity stretches stresses the body provide dollies pallet trucks, or utility carts for objects that have to be carried more than a few feet. Provide roller conveyors for bags or boxes of vegetables or chemicals that are, often, are handled often. This will reduce the amount of lifting. And keep bag or box weight below 50 pounds. Now, that's uh, 50 pounds is just a number I put up there, but if you cannot lift 50 pounds, don't lift 50 pounds, you know. Um, and always ask for help if it's too heavy for you. Don't be ashamed of that. Um, but anything you can put on roller, something that you have to carry often, will make it a lot easier and less stress on your body. Here's a picture of, um, like I said, you want to avoid lifting from the floor if you can. That's not always avoidable, but here you can see lifting from a good height between the waist and the shoulder level. <laughs> and that way you're not coming from the ground. And here is a picture showing the proper um, way to carry a load. Poorly designed load, no handles, and load must be carried too far from the body. Again, you can see that she has nowhere to grab on really as a, a good um, hold on to it. And the load is out from her body. 
but you can see the better design there is she has handles so it's between her hands and she's able to carry the load close to the body because you again when you carry it close to the body ultimately you're using your leg muscles to carry the load and not your back where it's happening in the other picture there but if you have to lift from the ground again use the stronger leg muscles for lifting not your back bend at the knees and hips keeping your back straight lift straight upward in one smooth motion <clears throat> and here we have a young lady demonstrating that she's squatting down back fairly straight and she takes hold of the load there and she's lifting stretching out her legs going straight up in a smooth move and you see she continues on her legs are part and then you can see she goes all the way up into the proper posture that is the proper way to lift uh, a load guidelines for hand tools when tools require force handle size should allow the worker to grip all the way around the handle so that the forefinger and thumb overlap by three-eighths. And I'll show you a picture of what I'm talking about. Handle diameter should range from one and three-eighths for small hands to two and one-eighths for large hands with an average of one and three-fourths inches. Handles should be covered with a smooth, slip-resistant material such as plastic or rubber, dual hand tools like shears or pliers should have a handle length of at least four inches and preferably five inches. They should have a spring return to maintain an open position and handles that are almost straight without finger grooves. So here we have uh, what we're talking about. The picture on your left uh, is large enough for small overlap of thumb and fingers you can see that there where you have a good hold of the tool it is not too large where you're um, straining your hand trying to keep your hand hold it in your hand because it's too large or gripping it too smart uh, if it's too small the handle's too small and your um, your hand your fingers are, are are stabbing you within the palm of your hand that's not a good position either then you can see the picture on your right, a well-designed tool, handles are long, they have a spring return, so I'm not trying to figure out how to open the tool back up, stressing, um, fatiguing my hand. The tool, the spring automatically opens the tool back up, and uh, handles are covered with a nice, uh, with rubber or plastic grip to make it comfortable for your hand. Uh, continue to find tools and equipment that are ergonomically correct for you and therefore safest, most comfortable and easiest to use. Look for products that allow your joints to remain in a neutral, non-twisted position. Here's a picture, for example, of a pistol grip at the end of the hose that allow your wrist to remain straight. Now, in your wrist, and one, um, you've heard, I said one of the MSDs is carpal tunnel syndrome. Basically what happens there, it's repeated motion of certain um, things that you do that causes your hands to flatten out. And what I do 
I'm a chiropractor and I adjust patients using my hands. And a lot of times I put my hand in that position. Um, so what I have to do, the, and let, let me explain what's happening when I do that. In your wrists are carpal bones. They're bones that make up your wrist. And they're basically in an arch that look like this. And what happens when I flatten my wrist out like so, I'm overstretching those ligaments and if I'm doing that repeatedly, those ligaments become overstretched and eventually bones start to fall down and put pressure on the nerve. In this case, the median nerve that comes down through the carpal tunnel there, which is uh, the arch of the bones. And that's that lunate bone on top. But it can happen with other bones and you get other carpal or tunnel syndromes there. And so what you want to do to counter that is you want to do some strengthening exercises. And what I do, I only work two and a half days a week. And on my way to work, what I do are hand exercises that help build up that wrist, first of all. And it's simple, just taking a rubber band and doing this exercise just like this, okay? Now, I started out doing uh, uh, 10, 20, 25, and built up to 100. I do 100 of these, but now I use four of these rubber bands, and I do 100 of these on each hand on my way to work. When I, 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 was, I see quite a few patients a day, and when I first started um, practicing, after a couple of days, my wrist started hurting. And I was like, what is going on? And it's like, oh, my hand, I'm flattening out, flattening out my uh, carpal bones. And so I said, I cannot keep practicing like this, doing what I love to do for the rest of my life, unless I counter that. And so I started going back, thinking of in my classes, because this is soon after, well, it wasn't soon after, when I started practicing full time. And I was like, I got to maintain that arch. And so therefore, I don't have any problems. Except one time, I had stopped doing my exercises for three months. All of a sudden, my wrist just was in terrible pain. And I was like, I haven't done my exercises in three months. And that was the cause of it. And so maintaining that, um, you can go, you can skip some after you, once you get, build up the strength. But uh, I do it every time I go to work um, so that doesn't happen again. I actually brought rubber bands to give you so that you can start. Because it, it doesn't matter whether you're farming, which is a lot, but people who work on the computer a lot, all kinds of, um, there's all kinds of activities we do now that would cause that arch to spread out like that. And that will counter that. And a lot of people end up going to surgery, but I've saved a lot of people from having to go to surgery by giving them that exercise. In addition to the band exercise, I also do rotations each way a hundred times. And then I also strengthen my fingers with just a stress ball. And I do, I've worked my way up to a hundred of those a day. And then my grip, I do a hundred of these every day I go to work. That's my routine on my hands, and I don't have any problems. And the same type, and in addition, it's I, I try to maintain uh, arch whatever I'm doing something to also maintain that. And that is what they're talking about, keeping in a neutral position so you're not straining your wrist uh, with whatever activity you're doing.
continuing with tips for choosing tools they should um, is ideally you like adjustable tools for example will holes whose handle height can be easily adjusted between users because we're not all the same and they can be easily adjusted and are buying tools that come in various sizes or are custom made <laughs> um, green heron uh, is one of the companies that i uh, pulled a lot of this information from and actually ladies and men body types are different um, men are stronger overall but men are much stronger up top than women are up top but most tools are made for men and so and women's they're not as strong um, on the lower part but they are stronger in comparison to their uppers. So this company, Green Heron, they actually make tools specifically for women's body type. Uh, and also, I have some handouts out here. One of the things are references, so you can actually go online and see a lot of these things that I'm talking about. Um, and just so you know, women, you should really buy tools that are specific for you and not depend on the tools that are made for men. It makes a big difference. Um, one of the ones, they are usually heavier. Men's tools are heavier. Um, so you want, don't want tools that are excessively heavy, and you want to minimize strain and lifting. Uh, an example of that, if you're driving a tr good tractor, you should have a quick hitch that allows the driver to stay in the tractor seat while connecting and disconnecting implements. For example, it, for example, is in a sense ergonomic for everyone, you know, but if that's not possible, you go back to your posture and how you um, handle moving, um, unhitching and hitch hitching back up the tractor. You got to keep the things that we've already talked about in mind to make the stress on your body less wear and tear. All right, and continuing, have grips or handles, as we talked about, that are comfortably fit your hands without requiring too much constriction of the fingers, grip too small or stretching, grip too big. Allow your back to remain as straight as possible. For example, wheel holes, extra long handle holes that allow you to hold without bending over, or auxiliary handles for shovels, rakes, etc., that provide added lifting leverage and minimize bending. And here's an example of a wheel hole with extra long handles. And you can see how he's pretty much upright as he is um, hoeing the um, garden there. Shoveling 101. First thing there, stand with feet a comfortably distance apart and keep back straight. Knees should be soft, slightly bent, just like with all other activities we talked about earlier, not locked or rigid, and keep elbows close to the body. So this is your starting position when you're shoveling. There's a lot of shoveling that goes on in agriculture. Use leg muscles to push blade into ground. Excuse me. Keep wrist again, neutral, unbent. You don't like this or like this where um, you're stressing the wrist there. Um, but keep them in an unbent position. After blade is inserted, slide non-dominant hand about halfway down the shaft of the shovel while bending at your knees, not at your waist. 
And then as you lift, lift the soil or other material by straightening your knees back into a soft, slight bent position and lift with your legs, never your back. And then throw the material straight ahead. If it's not in front of you, pivot body and direction in which you want to throw the material, but never twist at the waist. Pivot with your feet. So here are some principles of physics and other suggestions to help with some gardening or farming tasks. It's easier to pull or push or roll an object than it is to lift it. And as I told you, if you can put it on wheels, that'll be great. Less energy or force is required to keep an object moving than it is to stop and start it. So if you start with something, you might as well finish it because it takes more energy if you stop in the middle and rest and then stop and rest, that kind of thing. Just go ahead and finish it and then rest. Movement should be smooth and coordinated rather than jerky. Use arms and leg muscles as much as possible instead of your back muscles. Keep work as close to your body as possible. Rock back and forward on your feet to use your body weight as a pushing or pulling force. So if I'm pushing forward, use my whole body by going forward on my um, toes. If I'm pulling, go rock, use my whole body to rock back um, and not at the waist. Does that make sense? And keep your body in good physical condition to reduce the chance of injury. Uh, and important, very important, vary your task. I've mentioned that in the thing, but that is so important. Don't keep doing the same thing. Change your task up to give, it gives those muscles a rest while you're working other muscles um, uh, and so that you can work longer. Doing any one task for too long puts unnecessary strain on your body. Very important. What does a baby do before they go to sleep and after they wake up? Stretch. stretch. Exactly. Stretch. So important. Every day we need to stretch. We, uh, again, if you look at a baby, when they wake up, they stretch. What do we do? We get up and we go running to whatever job we have to go to. All right. So we've lost that flexibility. All right. Um, and so it's very important that we get back to that stretch, uh, that flexibility. And so here are proper uh, stretching techniques. And by the way, it's very important, I would say even more important for you to stretch after you do a task as well as it is, is before. But every morning we need to stretch, but after you do a task, you need to stretch. And here's the reason why. When I'm working and I'm doing some activity, I'm working the muscles, those muscles are tightening up. An unhealthy muscle is a muscle that hasn't been stretched. You've seen these big bodybuilders that come up and they can't even reach up and uh, comb their hair. Why? They're short muscles. But when you stretch those muscles, they become elongated and they build up elongated and they're very flexible. So you don't, just because you lift weights and bodybuild, you need to stretch those muscles because a long muscle is healthier than a short, tight muscle. That sets you up for injury every time. So prior to stretching, do something to increase your heart rate and get your blood flowing to your muscles. Example, running in place for a short time or walking rapidly. Uh, even bouncing, like I said, on the um, rebounder for those that can't walk or run. Perform balance stretching. 
That means you should always stretch the muscles on both sides of your body evenly. Don't stretch one side more than the other side. And going back to varying your task, uh, I also am in a community that works with a lot of golfers, a lot of uh, tennis players and baseball players, as well as agriculture farmers. And one of the things I get on all of them about, vary your task in that don't always use the same side to do your task. Change it up also, undo the opposite side. What's happening there, you're building up the same muscles and stretching the opposite muscles, and so you're developing your body in um, not symmetrical, asymmetrically. And so by varying your task from side to side, as well as varying your task I talked about earlier, but changing position from side to side to do it in, you, don't, you may not be as coordinated on the other side, but try to vet, change it up um, so that your muscles can develop properly. If not, you make that up in your workout. Avoid overstretching. Never stretch to the point of pain or discomfort. You should feel only slight tension or a pull on the muscles at the peak of your stretch. In other words, if you, and I tell people, especially those who have injuries, and I start them on a stretching program, only stretch to the point of pain. Don't go past the point of pain. Pain is telling you something. Pain is your friend. Um, if you go past that and try to work pa and past that, you can injure yourself. And when I talk about pain, I'm not talking about the achy pain. It's like, oh, I feel the stretch. I'm talking about pain where it's like, oh, I don't need to go here. It's telling me to stop. That's the type of pain. When you're working out and stuff, you're going to feel, you may feel, your muscles may get achy and everything. That's, that's normal. But stretching will um, lessen that every time you do that on a regular basis. Go slow. Always stretch slowly and evenly. It's not a race. Hold the stretch for about 20 seconds and release slowly as well. So you, you, your stretch is a nice, slow stretch. Never bounce or jerk while stretching. This can cause injury as a muscle is pushed beyond its ability. All stretches should be smooth and slow. Don't forget to breathe. You don't hold your breath when you're stretching. Breathe straight through it. Flexibility exercise should be relaxing. Deep, easy, even breathing is the key to relaxation. Never hold your breath while you stretch. And like I said, here are some stretches. I'm not going to go through them now that I have some up here up front you can take with you. Um, but this is what I give my patients and I tell them to do these stretches every day. The way I tell them to work into it, to start with the first column and the last column, once you master those two columns, add the second, add the third, and then in 15 minutes to 20 minutes every day, um, you're able to do that whole sheet. And these are my references. Um, so we have four minutes if anyone has any questions. Right, right. Um, the question is asked, uh, is running in place or walking in place um, a good warm-up before you go into the heavy exercises? And the answer is yes. Yeah, and that's what I'm talking about. Just, just to warm your muscles up a little bit. Even, you know, jumping jacks or anything like that. Um, 
Yeah, because that, to me, that's the most important. But the warm-up is important, too. Don't just go with cold muscles and hit, hit it hard. Like in my intense work, that's why I start out walking and build up, and then I run. Any other questions? Well, I thank you for your time. And uh, if you... Uh, she asked if there's muscle tension, what's the good um, stretch for that, the procedure for that? Like I said, you, you stretch until you feel that tension, and then you back off. You breathe through it, you hold it there, but you don't go past that. Eventually, at the, as you do that stretch uh, more and more, it's gonna, you're gonna, your muscles are going to loosen up, and you're going to be able to go further and further till you get that flexibility back. Okay. All right. Well, thank you very much for your attendance. This media was brought to you by Audioverse, a website dedicated to spreading God's word through free sermon audio and much more. If you would like to know more about Audioverse, or if you would like to listen to more sermons, please visit www.audioverse.org.